Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining our weekly podcast. I'm Robin Lewis, founder and CEO of The Robin Report, uh, which, by the way, is much more than just a daily report. Um, It's really a knowledge platform from which uh, we communicate thought leadership on various strategic topics uh, through the reports, yes, but also these podcasts, as well as webinars and hopefully uh, live events once this uh, pandemic lifts. So along with our chief strategist, Shelly Cohan, who is also professor at FIT and Syracuse University, we welcome you to our weekly podcast. And today's topic is BNPL, buy now, pay later, as a wolf in sheep's clothing or a Gen Z gift uh, that keeps on giving. Well, a little humor, Shelley, but I think well-deserved. Um, BNPL is like uh, the old layaway plan. For those of you who are old enough to remember, uh, you pay a percentage of the total price for something you want, uh, and then the retailer keeps it for you, uh, and you, for you to pick up later when you would be able to pay the balance. Uh, BNPL is... Uh, buy a product for a fraction of its cost at checkout and pay the rest of it off over a few weeks or months. The difference is, the difference is, an important one, you walk out of the store with the product. And according to um, Scott Galloway's weekly letter, BNPL is one of the hottest trends in finance today. Um, and Shelly's done a lot of work on this and some consulting and so forth. So we're gonna, she's going to dig into it in a few minutes. But one in five Americans uh, used one of these services in the past year with uh, U.S. spending on BNPL increasing 230% since 2020. By 2025, global, global BNPL spending is projected to double to $680 billion. In August, uh, Square acquired BNPL Pioneer Afterpay for $29 billion. I mean, these numbers don't even surprise me anymore. We're talking about a billion here, a billion there. Finally, you're talking about real money. Anyway, they bought it for $29 billion in the largest ever acquisition of an Australian firm. Uh, Swedish BNPL giant Klarna, which we're seeing all over the place now, is getting ready for a $50 billion plus IPO relation on par with ING or Lloyd's banking group, for God's sake. <clears throat> the target market, market is young people. Three quarters of the users are the Gen Z and millennial cohorts. Uh, So, of course, many BNPL brands rely on social media influencer campaigns, and it's projected that nearly half of Gen Z will be using BNPL services by 2022, which is right around the corner, but they're going to go back and forth on this a little bit. Various studies, and, and actually one that I participated in with Kearney, used to be AT Kearney Consulting, a couple of years ago. Um, these young consumers 
came of age just before or in the wake of the Great Recession, uh, which was a global economic crisis, which was precipitated by what? Way too much credit. So uh, to these young consumers uh, growing up in it, credit is a bad word. They don't. Accordingly, they don't trust Portant in an investor fact sheet. One in three millennials. Biggest fear is credit card debt. And Shelly, I think you can go a little further into that. Yeah, I mean, in a user survey from Sezzel, so Sezzel is also a buy now, pay later uh, solution that they did last year. Get this, Robin. Young consumers actually fear credit card debt worse than death. <laughs> Unbelievable, but believable. Yeah, I mean, when you see this growing power of the younger generations, they're really moving away from credit cards um, and started using debit cards, cash, and buy now, pay later options. But the buy now, pay later market, while growing, absolutely growing, is still small, you know, in terms of percent the, of total e-com. So in the U.S. market, when you look at total e-com sales, the buy now, pay later markets is sitting around 2% of total e-com payments. In holiday, that number is expected to rise to probably about 7%. Most buy now, pay later spending is on the e-com side of the business, although some companies have started rolling this out to physical retail stores. In Europe, however, actually, Germany and Sweden specifically, the usage is much higher, ranging anywhere from 12 to 23% of total e-com payments. This was for 2020. And Sweden, Sweden, which is the home of Klarna that you mentioned earlier, is the highest at 23%, followed by Germany at 19%, wow. which makes sense. Huge. That's where the company started. Yeah. Australia and New Zealand are also higher than the U.S. at 10%. And of course, that's where Afterpay uh, is based, who you also mentioned in your opener. So yes, the buy now, pay later markets have grown substantially, as you noted. The pandemic, which has created this kind of great uncertainty with consumers, has prompted more consumers to look at these types of budgeting tools. So I would argue that the buy now, pay later solution is not really quote unquote credit, but are looked at more as a budgeting tool. There's no money that the customer pays if the buy now, pay later is paid off in the four equal installments. So the cost has really shifted from the consumer who used to pay interest to the retailers who now pay fees for allowing these companies uh, to be a payment option on their site. So let's set aside the less than 1% of consumers who don't pay on time. There's late fees and charges and all of that. And as you know, Rob, and I've been writing about this since 2018, I know these companies pretty well. And in all transparency, yep. I've done some consulting work with one of the major players in the space. These fintech companies, they were the pioneers in the space of BNPL and have really advanced the old idea of lay layaway, which looking back, when you and I look back on that, was really a cumbersome process. Yes, it was, uh, Shelley. And so guess what? Uh, among our era of whiz-bang techies, Klarna, Afterpay, and several others you, know, you mentioned, uh, they create 
what they believe consumers, young consumers, will perceive as non-credit solutions. Uh, buy now, pay later. I agree that these young consumers view buy now, pay later as a budgeting tool, as you point out, and do not consciously think of it as a credit tool. But in reality, any way you cut it, it is a form of credit, okay? But they don't view it that way, and that's why it's taken off. So the great irony to me, Shelley, is, you know, as we open with the topic, if you take the sheep's clothing off, what you have is the wolf, so to speak. You have credit, full stop, but not perceived as such by these young consumers. So it, it is kind of an irony. It, an irony. But in reality, and also ironic, uh, by most measures, buy now, pay later services aren't even good credit offerings. Um, with a traditional credit card, you pay nothing up front, then you've got, on average, five weeks to pay without incurring any fees or interest. Closer to two months if you manage your billing cycles carefully. Carrying a balance um, will cost you, though, 1% to 2% in interest per month, miss a payment, and you get a late fee, about 30 bucks, on which you will also pay interest. Well, I think, Robin, you're missing one really important point here, and that is that the buy now, pay later is not credit. And most of the BNPLs, the companies that offer this service, they don't even access a credit report uh, to provide the solution to users. One of the issues with the younger generations is actually the inability to get credit. So 30% of millennials don't even have a credit card and 67% of millennials have sub or non-prime credit score. 79% of Gen Z have subprime or no credit at all. So the young consumers today, they just don't have access to credit like previous generations did. So their purchasing power is stifled. Keep in mind that in 2009, the Credit Card Accountability, Responsibility and Disclosure Act, it's called the CARD, C-A-R-D Act, has made it harder for Gen Z to get credit cards. Credit card companies also are no longer able to market to students on college campuses, which dropped the number of college affinity cards by 40%. The CARD Act requires customers to be 21 or older to get a credit card, or if under 21, they have to get a co-signer. So credit card companies um, also are now required to evaluate new applicants' ability to pay before approving cards for them. So millennials and Gen Z prefer using debit cards and buy now, pay later because it keeps them from piling up the debt. Unlike a credit card, which you can keep purchasing throughout the month, the debit card takes money directly out of your bank account immediately, and the buy now, pay later solution has to be paid off before you can make your next purchase. So again, helping younger tech-savvy consumers budget, you know, budget out their purchasing. So while it's true that you can pay nothing up front with the credit card and you have five weeks to pay off the debt, the one big caveat, as you stated, is you have to manage your billing cycles carefully. This is exactly why credit cards rack up so much debt for consumers. Most consumers are not good at managing the cycles. 
In fact, only 34% of Americans pay off their credit card in full each month. And this statistic was at an all-time high during the pandemic. Shelly, yes. <clears throat> you know, you've really done a lot of deep work here, which is, is uh, uh, I respect greatly. Um, but just to clarify, in my opinion, I don't know, we may be dealing with some semantics here, but in my opinion, this is an issue of perception versus reality. That, that's all I'm saying. The BP, BNPL guys innovated a different kind of credit. I, I, I know you <laughs> use the word credit, but, but, but and perceived by consumers, as you say, as a great budgeting tool. Anyway, uh, Galloway also says, in the short term, at least, a buy now, pay later terms are worse than credit cards. For example, after pay, when you buy your new jeans, you have to come up with 25% of the money at the purchase time of purchase. Then the lender gives you six weeks to pay off the remainder in three installments. But if you miss an installment, and after pay hits you with a, they then hit you with a, continue in arrears and the late fees increase up to a cap of 25% of the purchase price. Also, you need a debit or credit card to make payments to afterpay. Other providers obviously have different fee and interest structures, but the basic model is the same. It's, it's, it's credit, maybe a different form. Anyway, so Shelly, with all due respect, I, I know you've done a lot of work consulting on the subject, writing about it so far. So maybe it is uh, semantics, but in my opinion, it's a different form of credit just disguised as a quote unquote budgeting tool. Um, and why do consumers, retailers, and the payment firms find it so great, BNPL so great? And it's growing like crazy. A quick answer, a quick answer is, that even though retailers pay the buy now, pay later guys two to three times what they pay the credit cards, they do this because the retailer's basket size, in other words, what the consumer's buying, is hugely increased by the consumer's use of buy now, pay later. And that's because consumers don't really understand the difference and as young consumers, they are in love with instant gratification. So spend, spend, spend. They do. And that's what the BNPL model is predicated on. I mean, Klarna boosts the average consumer basket size by 45%. A firm increases it by 85%. Afterpay reports a 17% larger shopping cart, as well as a 12% uh, lift in overall sales. As Galloway said, and I, don't, I don't like to give him too much credit, but that he, he says this is the psychological masterpiece at the heart of buy now, pay later success. While fear of debt draws consumers toward buy now, pay later, the model inspires them to spend more. So retailers are sucking it up. For example, Afterpay's retail network has grown 
a whopping 500% since 2018. So, I don't know, Shelley, enlighten me. What's your point of view on all of this? Well, the BNPL model does drive a higher basket size or higher transaction value as it entices users to spend more per visit. But overall, it also keeps users from piling up the credit card debt. So the BNPL is an alternative really to debt card purchasing, using your debit card as a purchase. Younger generations would spend more money on the NPL purchase than a debit card purchase, right? So again, the target market really is the Gen Z and the millennials. And keep in mind, in 2016, there was a major shift away from consumers using credit cards and a rise in the use of debit cards for payments. Cash has also been on the rise. The average credit card debt in the U.S. for 2021 is held mostly by the plus 45 age groups. Millennials and Gen Z have less credit card debt. They have more, they use more debit cards, cash, BNPL, options to pay for things. And they really do not want to land in debt. A real fear for the, that age group. And good for them for having less debt. The buying power of these young consumers is so strong. Get this, Robin. American Express has their version of pay over time. And PayPal launched their, what they call pay in four, which is their buy now, pay later um, solution. And MasterCard is also coming out in 2022 with what's called MasterCard installments, which again is their version of buy now, pay later. So the whole buy now, pay later market is expected to grow by 42% on an annual basis to reach over 126 million this year in 2021, and significant growth of the BNPL market in the U.S. can be attributed to a major shift in online purchasing, an uncertain economic slowdown in 2020, and consumers really wanting to have more control over their finances. So Forrester and PayPal recently surveyed millennial and Gen Z consumers, and one of the big key findings about purchasing behavior is that the young customers said that the ability to borrow without interest for a period of time was the most important and motivating factor for using buy now, pay later solutions. Yeah, you know, ironically, Shelley, the, the points you just made actually support um, Mayan Galloway's thesis that BNPL is simply another more acceptable form of credit. So I'm not, we, we'll get rid of that word because <laughs> um, I think it's a lot of semantics there, but but it is it's a, it is more acceptable, and it's a better tool. So so much better for young people that oh yeah, the big guys are figuring out and offering their own versions, like all of them that you just mentioned. Yeah, and another interesting caveat. So Sezzle, who's one of the buy now pay later companies, actually is a certified B Corp. So, and you know, there's less than 800 certified B Corps in the world. But what's interesting about this, because the market for buy now, pay later is Gen Z and millennials, now you have a company that's a certified B Corp. This really resonates this spending with purpose idea. So, if you take spending with purpose, a company that has great corporate social responsibility, and you add this budget managing tool, you know, it becomes a very meaningful and empowering to these young up and coming consumers. 
One of our writers mentioned in an article earlier this year that some analysts have predicted that buy now, pay later could soon migrate into other sectors ripe for payment distribution, like healthcare, travel, even rent. So he said in his article, there's no question that BNPL's influence on U.S. retail is here to stay. You know, yep. Again, I totally agree. It's going to become a major tool across all consumer-facing industries, not just uh, mainstream that we're talking about here usually. And, and I'll, I'll just wrap it up by saying, I, I, I do not believe we are agreeing to disagree on this one. I simply have a different point of view on what BNPL is in reality and a very, very clever and intelligent model that these young tech people came up with. It's, a, it's whether it's a different form of credit or not, doesn't make any difference. But it, it, it is not perceived as credit by young consumers. And that's why it's growing so uh, greatly and, and quickly. So regardless of our different view, in some ways, a BNPL at the end of the day is a positive form of payment for young consumers. And more interesting and important, it increases the purchase basket size at, at retailer, at retail. So spend, spend, spend. It's a good thing. And happy holidays. Yeah, happy holidays. For our listeners, you can find more of our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Buzzsprout, and therobinreport.com. And please follow us on social media, link in with us, and follow us on Twitter for the latest thoughts about the industry. And again, I thank all of you very much for joining us. And as usual, I invite you to um, think about a topic you would like Shelly and I to cover and email me that topic uh, at robin at therobinreport.com. And thanks again.